Welcome to the HU Piratorship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupiratorship.com where we talk about the pirates. I'm your host, Big Greek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Piratorship. What's going on, Hampton Knight? Oh, man, you know, preparing for this big week, man. You know, I mean, we got Auntie on Thursday on ESPNU, Jay Walker, you know, so I, I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. We were going to actually skip the podcast this week, but there's so much talk about this game. I figured we had to get our two cents in there and, <laughs> and try and break down the, the, the game like we normally do. So, um, yeah, this week we're going to talk about the big game between Hampton and North Carolina A&T, the game's this uh, this Thursday, September 29th at 7.30 on ESPN, ESPNU down in Greensboro. So I think so far it's the game of the year in the MEAC and certainly one of the biggest games uh, in Maynard's tenure here at Hampton. So a lot, of, a lot is riding on this game early on in the season. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, take a quick look at the teams. So far, Hampton is one and two. They got their first win over Howard. Uh, uh, last Saturday in the uh, Nations Classic um, team is relatively healthy uh, had a, a lot of time to heal up and scout themselves and scout uh, North Carolina A&T so I think the team is prepared um, also North Carolina A&T they're all but they're two and one they also had a um, extra time to prepare for this game as well and uh, they're the number one team in the league for a reason um, yeah like I said they're two and one uh, they beat St. Augustine um, they also beat uh, Kent State, uh, F- FBS school, in four overtimes. They didn't even have to go to four overtimes if they had some uh, better uh, respect from the refs. Um, so they beat them straight up. Um, but they got smashed by Tulsa. That was expected. Tulsa wasn't going to let it happen to them. And they were probably a little worn down from that uh, Kent State win. But at any rate, they got their uh, big FBS win. So they're they're powerful, man. Um, they're ranked 22nd in the stats media poll. So... Most polls have them ranked somewhere around 20 uh, for FCS schools. Uh, they were picked to win the MEAC this year. Um, they have probably the best offensive line. Some say the best defense. Uh, most say the best player in the league in Tariq Cohen. Some say the best coach in the league in Broadway. Um, they won an FBS game. But, you know, they have some question marks. The QB is questionable. Um, I don't think he scares anybody. And uh, they're banged up from those uh, tough games they played early on. So they, they do have some holes, but they are probably the best team in the MEAC. So is that a pretty good summation of the teams, Hampton Knight? I'll leave anything out? Oh, no. You know, you pretty much um, said everything. They have come a long way from, uh, remember, Alonzo Lee. And... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and who was that guy that came, that preceded him? Uh, the Grambling guy. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, oh, I remember but, that. <laughs> oh, they were 0-22. <laughs> yeah, they've come a long way, you know. I mean, I am extremely impressed with how A&T's program has progressed. And it goes to show that, you, that, you know, the programs like Florida A&M and um, Savannah State, you know, you know, that they could turn it around, you know. I mean, if you could follow a model similar to what uh, Broadway has done, you know you could get there but um uh i will just say this you know this is probably the best team we have played in a long time and they are i mean this is their home this is their house you know i mean on a thursday night and they they all we always play each other competitively so i think that this game is going to be extremely competitive 
Um, I also think that um, uh, they uh, those um, games they played against FBS FBS competitions for North Carolina A and T. You know, they relatively got out unscathed, unhurt. You know, but you know they did have to pay those play those loan shark games and hopefully it did hurt their morale a bit, even though they did beat up one of their ex loan sharks, uh, Kent state. <laughs> but, um, I do think that they do have a questionable quarterback and the way they play the game, they just hand the ball off to Tariq Cohen anyway. So, you know, he will be the, our game plan anyway. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a barn burner. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Yep. Perfect. Uh, summation of A&T there. So, the games have been interesting uh, under Maynard uh, when we played A&T. Um, last year was a good game, uh, but we lost that game 31-45. to 45. Um, Our defense held A&T's defense to 187 yards, and we had 431 yards, but we also had 14 penalties. Um, A&T had seven penalties. Um, that game was tied at 31 in the third quarter, but special teams and defense just kind of fell apart and A&T broke it open late. But, uh, you know, we were competitive. Well, actually, we clawed back into that game in the third quarter, tied it up, and then special teams um, just uh, doomed it for us. Um, yeah, they had four punt returns for 203, yard, 203 yards and one touchdown. And a lot of that was in the second half. So special teams, that's when we really started to zero in on special teams last year and how bad they were. So, but uh, we were competitive in that game. And then two years ago, um, that was another, that was a Thursday night game as well down in Greensboro. We lost that game 41, 31 to 14. We actually had a 14 to seven lead at halftime, but A&T outscored us 24, nothing in the second half. Also had four hundred. We had four hundred two yards offense that game. We also had nine penalties, and they had five. And then JJ, if, if we remember, JJ started that game, and he finished uh, sixteen for twenty six for one hundred eighty two yards and one touchdown. Um, so the games have been interesting. They've seemed to broke open at some point or another, due to like penalties, turnovers, uh, special teams, generally speaking. So. Um, hopefully that pattern changes um, just a couple patterns from those games. I mean, the offense can move the ball. Um, you know, you can things kind of follow a predictable pattern for the most part. Um, yeah, may, uh, the offense can move the ball. We're averaging 415 yards per game against A&T. Um, but there's always a defense or special team breakdown somewhere in the game. Um, and they've outscored us 38 to 17 in the second half. And generally speaking, um, they're better disciplined and they play a more complete and focused game. So that's usually the change. Um, they don't fall apart when a turnover or something happens. We seem to. And uh, that's been the game, uh, the difference. And just penalties, um, we average 12 per game and they average six. So uh, that's a, that, that can change the game right there. So those are the patterns. Hopefully we can break some of them. They've been mostly negative except the fact we can move the ball against their defense. So hopefully... We'll see some more on the plus side. Any thoughts there, Ham, tonight? Um, you know what? You pretty much hit the nail on the head. You know, I mean, Maynard is known for moving the ball, and just the average 415 yards a game is a testament to you know his offensive innovations. Um, I do think that uh, he has worked diligently in plugging the holes at on defense and special teams. You know, which has 
plagued us the past two seasons. But um, I do think that Ante and the more top top echelon MIAC teams, you know, they do play p- complete games and they they are better disciplined. And not saying that um, Hampton isn't uh, a better uh, a very well disciplined team. I mean, a not a not so very well disciplined team. I just think that they have not put it together to that point to be considered a complete discipline team. Right. And and this is the game where we need to do it if we're going to win. So whatever, whatever, I'm sure they've been preaching discipline. So now they have to see it on the field to win. Um, so, yeah, those are patterns. We'll see if those change. Hopefully they do and help get the win. So uh, quickly, let's take a look at the players. Um, Hampton Knight has done a pretty good breakdown of the players for Hampton. Uh, who can we expect to, to shine uh, Thursday night, man? Okay, well, we got four, I would say, key players, you know. Uh, let's start first with number four, Devin Van Dyke, a linebacker. Just three games. He has 24 tackles in three games, 24 tackles, 3-4 loss. And he is, I would say, and I, I would say this is a little premature, but he is reminiscent of Justin Durant. Um, now, I will say this, no, he is not Justin Durant because we just saw Justin Durant on uh, – uh, was it Sunday night football against um, who did the Cowboys play? The Bears. The Bears, yeah, and he was a factor in that game, even though he's been in the league for, I think, what, eight or nine years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Van Dyke is a sideline to sideline linebacker, and he's a thumper. Um, if he stays healthy, you know, he is a very good. Uh, a very good piece to this actual defense, you know, and he, he's big enough that he can actually play the middle. He can play the run, uh, run. If you run at him, he's going, he's going to, uh, it's going to make some noise. Um, and he also is nimble enough to, uh, to chase down a Tariq Cohen, <laughs> you know, you know, he's a big guy. And I think this is the one thing, uh, the MEAC has not figured out yet. And it's Yaki Johnson. You know, number 22, he's a running back, 40, 460 all-purpose yards in three games. And I think, to be honest, you know, I think he is the next Tariq Cohen, you know. And and I'm glad that nobody has not paid attention to this young man yet because we are just getting into MEAC play. And if you realize his origins, he came from, uh, I think, with L.C. Bird High, where uh, I think we had his – starting running back on our roster i think was it paul was it paul paul robertson yeah he got hurt remember him Mm -hmm. got hurt and you know never played another down at hu he was his backup and he was and paul robertson was a steal for hampton and yaki was just considered one great back then he but he was very undersized i think he's what five seven at the most and he does not have a problem running in between the tackles so I do think that he's probably going to be thinking a little twice when he runs up and up that A and B gap of <laughs> Northline A and T, you know, because <laughs> those are some big guys down there. But if you put him out on the edge or uh, get him a couple screens, you know, he is going to he's going to rip off some yards because he's very nimble and he has a low center of gravity. But we also forget that uh, we have Eric Carter. Who does not have a problem running up the <laughs> running up the A gaps or the mm. B gaps, and and he's you know he's a legit 5'11", 240 pound running back who is nimble. So, you know those two players on offense, along with Rayshon Proctor, who's had twenty receptions in three games. You know, 
he is, I would say he's probably the best route runner on the team. You know, we all know TJ Mixon. You know, I mean, that's somebody we don't even have to speak of because he's going to get his. He's getting triple and double teamed if, um, if you've watched. But Rayshon Proctor, you know, he is a receiver, and I've noticed over the past three games, he has gotten up under those zone coverages and just caught some really awesome passes. So those are players that I would say that are, you know, doing well on offense. And if you go back to defense, you have number one, Brendan Cole, uh, uh, defensive back who has seven, had seven tackles, two tackles for a loss, one forced fumble. And I would say he's a team's emotional leader. And he's kind of grown into that role because I know we've watched him for a while. And, you know, he's just been slowly but surely learning learning under other players. And now it's his time. So I know him being his last year, he wants to go out beating A&T. You know, that is just something that he wants, even though he did beat him his freshman year. But this is a big thing for him. And I do think that those four players, along with TJ Mixon, are going to be the key to this game. Excellent, man. Excellent breakdown. So, And this will be a good game for Mixon to come out this year. So, like you said, he's been getting a lot of coverage. Um, but hopefully, you know, he can break break free. We're going to need him uh, if we're going to win this game. So, yeah, we need a, a big Mixon game uh, to break things open a little bit. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, A&T, man, they're loaded. Um, again, I think they have the best player in the MEAC, one of the best players in FCS, and Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, good, it was good for everyone that he came back to A&T, but I think he could have been playing, uh, made a roster if he decided to go to the NFL this year. Um, but he's that good. Um, let's see. Also, Brendan Parker, he won deep um, offensive lineman of the week twice for them. Um, they have Denzel Keys. He's their jump man. He's their red zone target. If they get close to the red zone, uh, they're throwing it to him. And he's also learned to run some routes as well. But if they get close to the end zone, he's getting the ball. Um <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and yeah, he had a, yeah. he did the same thing against um, Kent State. I was watching that game, so they couldn't stop him. They knew where it was going, and because uh, he plays basketball basketball for them as well, so he just knows how to box out and uh, make a play. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So who else is? Uh, they got uh, Jeremy Taylor. He actually won FCS Player of the Week for the work he did against Kent State. Uh, he's undersized. They, now they list him as uh, nickel. Slash linebacker, linebacker. So I guess when they, uh, the offense spreads out, he comes in. He's undersized, so maybe we can run at him. But he's talented, um, as well. They have Elijah Bell, another talented wide receiver. Daquan Blake, offensive guard. Julian McKnight, their big defensive tackle. Um, so they're loaded. It's gonna be take some work, but uh, we have some talent as well. So I don't think there's a huge talent disparity. It's just a focus composure uh disparity that that we witnessed over the years so i think we can uh close some of that gap this year so um so hampton night hampton wins this game if what does hampton what does hampton have to do to win this game well first things first and this is a no-brainer limit to cohen yep. uh we we find i i think we probably have some of the best pieces to actually do it with uh with uh with Brendan Cole and of course Van Dyke. And I do think some of the secondary, you know, could chip in with, uh, Darisuba. And, um, you know, I do think that, uh, Jamari court, you know, if, if he can actually get off blocks could, uh, render him a little, uh, render, uh, will be a problem for him. 
I do think, of course, we said win on special teams. Um, that was something that we gave up one uh, one touchdown on uh, special teams last year. And I do think that if we limit that, because uh, a Broadway team is a complete team and he's going to win in all three fa- facets of the game. If we do that, then we can actually win. We need to win at least that part of the game and limit it to Rick Cohen. And I will all, and I'm, I'm going to say this too. Um, uh, Denzel Keys, you know, he's a uh, he's a red zone target. Uh, make sure that he does not get the ball in the <laughs> red zone. That's or right. if he, I mean, he can't run any routes besides that go route or besides a fade. <laughs> you know, he's not going over the middle. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's not running a drag route. You know, or fly route. He's just he runs a simple route, and you know, you should know when to look for it. You know. Obviously, Kent State just figured that this was probably be some poor little HBCU team. <laughs> so I would just say, of course, limit Cohen. Make sure Keys doesn't get that ball in the red zone. And I would just say this too. Uh, I will say this too. Yaki Johnson is going to have to really play uh, step his game up, even though he has played at 100 percent and it has worked wonders for Hampton. He is going to ha- they're going to have to get him the ball, uh, especially on the edge, or just find some uh, runs for him off tackle. And I do think that J.J. Williamson, <laughs> a quarterback me and you are both are not high on, is going to have to probably play the game of his life. Uh, he cannot take pressure up the middle because of his, uh, his height. He will probably will have to roll out a little more. And I do think that but I'll say this about JJ, and I don't want to uh, compare him to a certain player. But last year, when we saw Peyton Manning play for the Broncos, he did not have it physically, but he still had it mentally to play, and that's how he beat those teams. JJ Williamson is a smart young man. Indeed. I will give him that. Yep. Very smart. I wa- I've watched him play for the past couple of games. He's a coach. He knows the game. He's a coach. Yes. Yeah. He knows the game in and out. But athletically and physically, he just can't do it. Uh, I've seen, I mean, he, I mean, God bless him. He just can't do it. But he knows where everybody needs to be. He knows how to read defenses. And I just hope that he could just put that game together where uh, his athletic ability uh, catches up to his football IQ. And I think if he does that, then we win hands down. And um, I will say this, as far as the defense, of course, limiting Cohen and limiting limiting keys. But if we could figure out a way to get off the field on third down, because Hampton is not a good third down team. We are a type of team that will draw a penalty on a pass interference call on the third down. Or we're the type of team that would give up a screen pass on the third down. It could be (laughs) third and ten. We'll give up that little draw. You know, right. 15 all day. So Hampton has to be smart enough to limit those type of plays. If we do that, we win. I mean, it's going to be a hard, hard game. But if we do those little things, we're good. Well, let me ask you a question. So if you are if you're a coach, um, you know, what how do you manage the passing game? Because it seems like for the first two first two games, uh, we're actually trying to throw the ball. I don't know how many pass attempts we had, but there were a lot of them. The mm-hmm. Howard game, uh, JJ was turned into a game manager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but will that be enough against A and T? You know what? And let me say this: 
JJ does not have to win you the game because we actually have pieces. Uh, we have Yaki Johnson, you know, a, a very good running back, you know, who I would say is extremely versatile. You know, he can catch it on the edge. He can take it up. He can run it up the middle. And, of course, you have Eric Carter, who I would say is probably one of the toughest running backs in the MEAC. And, of course, you got Rayshon Proctor and, of course, Twan Mixon, TJ Mixon. Then you have, we're still forgetting, we still got, uh, was it Chase Powell and Wesley Wolford and uh, injured Leon Shorter and Jack Willenbrock. You know, these, I mean, these are players. So J.J. really doesn't have to do much. Just throw the ball accurately to one of those guys, and you're good. You're golden. And Dwayne Garrett, he's been hurt too. Yeah, and Dwayne Garrett, exactly. So he could be a game manager and still win the game. I just don't want him to try and win the game. (laughs) You know, be a game manager, but don't try and win it for me. Because when you play hero ball, that's when we lose. Well, that means, you know, we can't see Tariq Cohen going nuts. (laughs) You know, you got to keep the game manageable, keep everything in front of you so you can, you know, play, play the percentages and uh, be be efficient. <laughs> so it's gonna have to come down to stopping Cohen. If we stop him, then we can manage the game. Yeah, yeah. If we, we have to frustrate him early, you know, um, like you know, they're probably probably going to give him the ball in several different spaces where he can do a jet sweep, he can do a screen, he can do a straight up the gut, off tackle, flea flicker. We have to. I don't care if we devote two players to him because outside of him and Keys. I don't trust anyone else on A&T's offense. So, I mean, their quarterback, I don't think, I mean, I think he's a top, he's a, a bottom feeder QB. Um, <laughs> I don't think, you know, I don't see, I don't see him being a, you know, he's not going to win anything. You know, they do have a good offensive line, but I think if you stop their key players and limit their rushing attack, then we're okay. Yep. I agree. I agree. That's that's the key right there. So we're going to try. <laughs> I know that's going to be the game. But <laughs> so, Absolutely. yeah, man. So let's talk about outcomes. I'll give mine first. They say bad news first, right? So I'm going to be the wet blanket here. Um, <laughs> I still don't trust the team's maturity yet. The talent is there. I trust the coaches. Um, but we need to see it on the field from the players. Um, so I think talent wise, we're not that far away in some places we're better than A&T. Um, but, uh, the discipline is what I need to see from them. Um, so at the beginning of the season, I thought A&T would win this game. I haven't seen anything that would change my mind. So my heart says Hampton wins. So as I'm driving to this game, that's all heart. (laughs) So I'll be driving, hoping, (laughs) hoping they win. But uh, my head, uh, football mind, says uh, A&T wins this game. I'm, I'm predicting 34-24 A&T. Um, that's just my football mind. But my heart says Hampton's going to pull it out late uh, yeah. uh, with a big Yaki Johnson run on a national stage. So that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah. What's your thoughts? Oh, uh, Just similar to yours, you know, my heart set, my heart wants us to win because we haven't won in Aggie Stadium since, I think, was it Herbert Bynes uh, with Don Rose and Herbert Bynes? Uh, I think that was in, what, 20, ooh, God, 20, what, 10, I think? Ooh, I forgot about yeah. Bynes, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think 
um, my heart says, yeah, we could win because, of course, you're going with heart. But, you know, you're thinking uh, rationally, not irrationally. No, we cannot win this game because we um, I think the certain things that we have that, you know, hinder us is, of course, quarterback. You know, we have a quarterback who I think, you know, is very limited. And I think when you have a limited QB, then it stifles the office, even though we could put up four, 400 plus yards. It still is like in certain spots where you need a certain skill set for a QB. We do not have that. And I think that hinders us at many points. Because if you go back to the 20, I think 2014 game at A&T, JJ had a wide open uh, mixing. And he, of course, he has to step back about, I think, another three steps so he could be clear of the line. And he threw a pass that sailed over his head and was intercepted. And, you know, these, I mean, that is what I would say more of a, a athletic problem, you know, that we have at QB. And I think that bites us a lot, you know, especially playing uh, very good teams. I do think that our defense would, uh, would do enough to uh, confuse Tariq Cohen. But I also think that over time that they're, over time that they will be uh, begin to get more points out and they will probably get up about 31 points on Hampton. And because of the offense will not be able to generate that many points based upon a quarterback that is limited athletically. So my prediction rationally is 31, I would say 19, 31, 17, uh, A&T. But my heart would say 34, 31, Hampton. <laughs> there we go. We're doing some nice waffling here, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. The fan, with the, the fanatic part of fans. So it'll be a good game. You know, um, Yaki Johnson's going to pop one or two. Tariq Cohen's going to pop one or two, and uh, it'll be a good a good game to watch. So, But uh, be good to watch. We'll be back to break it down next week, and um, go Pirates. Yeah, go Pirates. Hopefully, you know, Tariq Cohen might, you know, get in trouble or, you know, get ruled academically ineligible or something. I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get your, you know, get your degree. Get your schoolwork, young man. But it is okay if you want to go to the strip club the night before and come to the gang hang over. Nah, how, how cool about, with that. How about he get, a, get in a fight with his girlfriend or something like that? Right no, 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 because I don't want a domestic t- dispute nah, on that. No, 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 nothing violent, you know, some kind of discussion where she says he don't pay enough attention to her and, you know. <laughs> it messes up his head. Yeah, something like that, man. And uh, he's, his, his attention is, under, is not uh, undivided, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, or Denzel Keys, you know, I mean, he, he, I don't know, he, 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 instead of running fly routes, he's like, man, you know what, I'm just going to catch screens all day. Oh, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah, we'll take all that. We'll take that, man. <laughs> cool. All right, man, thanks, Anthony. Absolutely, man. Peace. Peace.